0: You are listening to the Rise and Shine podcast with Gabriel McKnight. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Gabriel H. McKnight. And follow us on Facebook at Rise and Shine TV and podcast. Now let's jump into today's message. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Wherever this devotional series finds you, I want to talk to you this week if I can from the topic Amplify. Amplify. What I have discovered is that choice, is the amplifier of our souls. As I sat back and reflected on what it means to amplify, and I said, what is the amplifier for us? The amplifier of our souls is choice. What do I mean by that? I'm glad you asked, cause I wrote down some notes and I'm ready to tell you. What we choose to think on consistently and the foundation of our perception are either positively are negatively affecting other people. Yes, what you think on and, and how you see things is having a profound effect on other people in your household, in your community, at your church, and even in your nation and a world abroad. What you think on, what I think on, is having an effect on other people and is having an effect on us, either for the positive or for the negative. The foundation of my perception, think about that. What is the foundation of my perception? We, what I've found out many times is that as believers, we do something that's good, but we do it too often. We too often press the reset button. And at some point, you have to come to learn what is the root cause of me having to continuously press the reset button in my lives. When I'm out in the field and I'm ministering to a particular person, one of the, my entry points is that, hey, would you like to press the reset button? <laughs> you know, God told us to be uh, 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 what did he say? What's the word is snakes crafty as snakes, as serpents, but gentle as doves. And so a crafty way by which I get the attention of a non-believer is that I say, hey, would you like to press the reset button in your life? And it always catches their attention because they're like, heck yeah. <laughs> I would love to press the reset button. But at some point as believers, We have to stop pressing the reset button and find out what is the problem at the root that causes me to have to repeat seasons over and over and over again to live in defeat over and over and over again. Amplify. That is to increase the size and volume of. If you want to have what we call run down the street, roll down the street with some beats. I don't know if y'all still say it that way, but if you want some sound, you have to have a what? You have to have an amp something that enables you to increase the sound, uh, the volume of the music that you're playing or the podcast, whatever you're playing. I don't know, I've never heard anybody bumping a podcast, but I would love to hear rolling down the street one day and hear you bumping my podcast. That'd be awesome, that'd be pretty cool. Nah, okay, get out of there. So, before we get into thoughts and before we, we go on this tangent about our thoughts, which I think are very, very, very important, I wanna talk to you from the topic in this series, Change the Lens. Real simple, change the lens. My wife is, um, comes to me the other day and she says this to me. She says, I need to get a new pair of glasses. And I wasn't smiling when she said it. Those of you that know me know I'm cheap. <laughs> and so when she said that, my smile turned into a frown. And I'm like, what? She said, yeah. She said, my lens is scratched and everything that I, when I look through my glasses, everything is distorted. And so, I want you to think about this here. You have some scratches on your glass. I don't have, in some area in your life, because you're listening to this podcast, and I believe God's not a God who wastes our time, and He had you listen to this podcast because somewhere in your life, there was a scratch on your glasses. And it's time for a new lens, it's time for a new pair. So, I'm hoping that this brief devotional will serve as your eye examination help you to examine some parts of your life as I have stepped back and examined some parts of my life to see where am I not seeing correctly? How? Where am I seeing in a distorted fashion? Where, Where in my life am I not seeing through the lens of truth and through the lens of my God? How do you choose to see what you see? Perspective, it is simply how I interpret what I see and what I hear. And I want to go back to something I said in that sentence. How do you choose? Because it is a choice. How I choose, emphasis on choose, to view a particular situation, a particular person, how I choose to view life, it is just that. It is a choice. Nobody's making me see a particular thing a a particular way. Even if they had a gun to your head and said, see it this way, they still can't make you see it that way. They can make you verbalize something, but they can't make you see. That is your choice. The devil, stop blaming, the devil gets too much credit. <laughs> stop giving the devil credit for stuff that you're in control of. Stop blaming stuff on The devil's like, I'm tired of going to God. The devil's got to complain before the Lord. He says, your people keep blaming me for stuff that they're doing. <laughs> that's not on my notes, but that's something that's real in our lives. We keep blaming the devil for stuff that we are doing. Take responsibility. Responsibility means to respond to the ability that God has given you. That is the definition that God has given me for responsibility. If you did not have the ability, son, a daughter, I will not hold you responsible. But since I gave you the ability and I empowered you with the Holy Spirit, I hold you responsible for how you choose to live. I'm holding you responsible for the end effects of your 2021. Stop blaming all that on the devil and take some responsibility, respond to your God-given ability. Perspective, furthermore, perspective is the lens through which we view people, we view view the past, we view the future, we view opportunities, perspective, we view challenges, and most importantly, perspective is how we see God and we see ourselves. And that's where I kind of want to park for today. I want to talk about how we see God and we see ourselves. I I believe it is two of the most important things for the believer, and I'm not talking to the non-believers right now, but even for the non-believers, it is so important how we see God and how we see ourselves. If we can change our perspective, I want to make you this guarantee, we will see change in our lives. I can't guarantee much, but I can guarantee you this, that if you will change your perspective, you can change the outcome of your 2021. You can change the course of your life. Take a poor man out of his environment and drop him into a brand new environment, but take with him his mentality, his poor man's mentality, and I guarantee you this, he will revert back to being broke, busted, and disgusted. Now take a poor man and leave him in his environment, but change his mentality, change the the way by which he views God The way by which he views himself, the way by which he views his past and the way by which he sees his future. And I guarantee you this, that man or that woman will arise out of that situation. Now, whether they return back or not, I don't know. Depends if they go for their yearly eye exam. (laughs) But I can promise you this. Sometimes you don't need a change of environment. You need a change in your mentality. You don't need to change that church. How many? You've been to seven churches in two years. (laughs) surely the problem can't be the church perhaps the problem is you, perhaps the problem is me, we have to have a change in our mentality, we have to change the way we see other people the way we see, look look, some things you're looking at your springboard as your problem, that's your springboard you're supposed to use that to spring forth out of some things, but you keep looking at it and having a doom and gloom mentality when you see it don't look, I told you this before There are people in your lives who are sandpaper people. And God had to show me this. If you don't allow God to sand out the rough places in you through that person, I guarantee you this. I'm making a lot of guarantees today, I know. I guarantee you this. There will be another person that comes into your life, another situation that will attempt to sand off of you the rough places. I never prayed how I prayed when that person who was my sandpaper came into my life. I never, I never cried out to God the way I cried. I never got close to God the way I did because that person, it was either I'm gonna knock you out or I'm gonna talk to God. <laughs> I chose to stay out of jail and talk to God. And so look, stop looking at that particular person. I'm speaking to somebody right now. Stop looking at that person as your enemy. They are, but I want you to see them as the sandpaper. They are necessary. Embrace it and allow God to sand off you the rough places and listen to, I'll make you this promise, When he's done with them, when he's used them to accomplish the task, I promise you this, adios. (laughs) They will be gone from your life, but not until he has done in you what he wants to do in you through them. And so I wanna go to a place of cliche, if I can. Because in Christendom we have worn some of these things out, but I'm gonna go back there for just a second. You are not, I have to say this to you, you are not what you have done. We have to fix your vision today. You have to see yourself not just through the eyes of God, but God wants us to see ourselves through the blood of the Lamb. That, That song we never sang anymore, that blood we never talk about anymore, the precious, precious blood of the Lamb. Through the blood of the Lamb, I am redeemed. I am a king and a priest. I am whole. I am righteous. Before, you know, my righteousness, yes, without God is as filthy rags, but I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so my conscience does not fight against me when I go to do certain things because my conscience has been purged with the blood of the lamb. Your conscience has to pass through the blood of the lamb so that you see yourself how God sees you. He, He doesn't see you as disgusting when you sit down to pray to him in the name of Jesus. He sees you through the blood of his son as if it never happened. And this, as if Adam never sinned, he sees us through the blood of his dear son. And we have to see ourselves as God sees us. I see God. How do I see God? Fix the lens, Gabriel. Let's fix the lens. I see him as a loving father. I see him as an uncompromising, merciful, and sovereign king. And I have to say uncompromising because it helps me not to compromise when I understand that my father's not compromising. We compromise, but my father's uncompromising. I see him as madly. I said madly and unconditionally in love with you and with me. Man, that is a powerful perspective to have, to see God as madly in love with you. He wants to speak to you more than you want to speak to him. <laughs> like, like, look, God gets excited about prayer time more than you do. Just like our wives, for for the men and... and I don't know, maybe women, maybe your husbands get excited too. I don't know. I mean, I'm excited about date night too, but our wives get really, really excited about date night. I don't know about yours. Maybe yours hate you. I don't know. Mine does. My wife loves date night, okay? And I love date night as well. God gets excited about (laughs) our our date dates, our date afternoons, our date mornings called prayer, right? So let's go down to a couple of scriptures because believe it or not, the word of God is still relevant. <laughs> and so, you know, when you find yourself in a church and they never open up the Bible, that's, that's questionable to me. Because the power and the anointing is upon the word of God and what keeps us is God's word. I want to talk about right perspective and wrong perspective from the book of Exodus and from the book of Numbers. Exodus 3 and 8. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them from that land to a good land, a large land, a land flowing, catch this with milk and honey. That speaks about a prosperous, abundant land to a place, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzites, uh, I probably said that wrong. But it's all right. And the Hittites and the Jebusites. Now let's go down to Numbers 13, 26 to 33. In these verses, Uh, Moses has sent out some spies to look at the land that God said. Remember, God said he's going to give to them. Not one day, not maybe that he's going to give to him. I want to ask you before I go there. Do you see what God said as a reality or as it might be? God does not speak in what might be. He speaks in reality. This is what will be. This is what shall be as long as we obey God, as long as we do our part. I find that many believers, and I'm, I'm included in that, I've, I've made this mistake in days past, we worry about God's part. And worrying about God's part, it saps us from the passion and the energy and the zeal to do accurately and with excellence and with continuous our part. What's we'll sapping your energy. God said, don't worry about my part, just do what I told you to do. Don't worry about what they're doing. Don't worry about what they're saying. Don't worry about the fact that your age is getting, you're getting older or or that you're too young and how are they going to look at me? What are they going to say about me? Who do they think I am? My friend said it this way, other people's opinion of me is none of my business. I love it. And I've been saying it to my son over and over. Son, what they think about you is none of your business. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. Focus on doing what you can do and trust God with the rest, right? Let's go back to the verse. Um, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran, Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all the congregation and they showed them the fruit of the land. And then they they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. And it's just like you said it was. It flows with milk and honey. Now, I just want to stop there. And if this is just as God said it was, part A, then surely part B must be true. <laughs> right? He told us he sending us to a land with milk and honey. And then he said part B that he's giving us the land. So why would I doubt him when he's already proven that he is who he said he is? And if you'll take some time and and look back in your life and even look at the events of today and look at the Bible, you'll see that he is who he said he is. So that means if he is who he said he is, then what he said is going to come to pass has to come to pass. Right. Because he's the one that spoke it. And they say this. They said, nevertheless, and nevertheless is good when it's used in the right manner. I see this. Nevertheless, I'm going to believe what God said. Right. But we can flip that the other way and we can say, nevertheless, I don't care what God said. Nevertheless, I'm going to choose to be ruled by what I see. And remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. My my life is not governed by what I just see. I can't tell you where I'd be at in my own life if I just focused on what I only see naturally. I want to talk to some of us who are, I want to talk about, I'm going to go back for a second. Uh, A scratch, I just noticed there's a scratch in the lens. Some of us are too other dependent. I had to go back to this and forgive me for interrupting the scripture, but there's a scratch in this glass that I want us to fix. Some of us are too other dependent. We're waiting for a bus to pick us up, to carry us to our purpose and to our assignment, and to our destiny that's not even in route. What am I saying? We're depending upon some people to help us who have no inclination, who have no desire and it's not even on, and not even bad people, but they've not been assigned to help us. And it's not their responsibility to help us. So you're, you're here, not moving, waiting on somebody who's not even in route. <laughs> it's like, look, I'm waiting for you for 10 hours. I could have walked there by now. <laughs> Yo, so listen, fix your lens. Change that, change the, that lens of what you're doing and stop waiting on people to do what you can do. You're dependent upon God only and upon those people that God wants to bring into your life to help, to be his hands of help towards you. You're waiting for a bus that has not even taken off. It's not even in route. Stop waiting on them and do what God has already shown you to do whatever you can do right now while you wait on God to give you more or to open up another door. Look around at your situation. Look at your house and say, what can I do now with what I got? Okay, until you get what you need or you think you need. Let's go down to uh, the next verse. The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and they're very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak. Now, those are the giants. They're talking about giants. Now, basically saying we see giants in the land. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hivites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of Jordan. The people at this point, guys, they are terrified. (laughs) You ever had people come tell you something and the more they talk, the more your heart just sunk into despair, right? And so here comes Caleb, verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. We have to have friends in our lives that can quiet us down. I'm not perfect. I have friends in my life who I can call and they kind of quiet me down. They help me coming back into a reasonable place they helped me come back into a place of faith. They helped me come back into a place of, listen, do you know what you're about to do? That's why sometimes it's good to talk to people about what you're being tempted with so they can remind you of the, the devastating consequences that you don't want. That if you do that, you're going to launch forth into your life, right? That package of, their, of, the, uh, of the sin is going to be released and you're going to receive that package at some point, which means you're going to pay for at some point, in some way, what you have done. It's good to have friends in our life that can quiet us down. Caleb still the people. He said this. He said, let us go up at once. What I have found is that procrastination is really disbelief in disguise. This is what I've come to learn. I've I've had my bouts with procrastination. And when I sat back and reflected and thought about it, I said, you know what? I really didn't believe that that was going to happen. That's why it took me so long to try it. Because I believed deep down on the inside that I would fail or I, I didn't believe that it was God. or I, I didn't believe in the power of God, if I'll be honest, to pull that off, to make that happen. Sometimes procrastination is disbelief in disguise. And so we have to have a mindset like Caleb and let us go up at once. Seize the opportunity. Don't wait. What's the, what's the saying that they say? Don't put off tomorrow what you can. I'm going to paraphrase. I'm going to change it. What you can knock out today. (laughs) When you hear a good word in church, girl, I'm going to do that. Man, bro, I'm going to do that. That word, man, do it right away. You know why I say do it right away? Because the enemy, the Bible says, comes immediately to steal the word. And so you putting it in action is actually keeping it from him. It's almost like the word is downstairs and you keep moving it around so he can't find it and he can't get it out of your house because you're doing something with it. It's The word is on the move in you. You are a man or a woman in motion. Praise God for that. Um, here we go. Let's finish up. Let us go up at once. And this is what he says. And take possession for we are well able to overcome it. God wants you and I To have a we are well able mentality I see myself as not incapable But I see myself as well able Philippians 4.13 You know it It's a common verse You can quote it before I can say it right now I can do all things through Christ Jesus Who strengthens me That's a we are well able mentality Spoken in the New Testament Bearing witness, witness to what was spoken in the Old Testament They should affirm each other But the men But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people. (laughs) That just makes me laugh. Because it's obvious that God is with them. And I think for some of us, we have to recognize this. Isn't it obvious yet that God is with you? Is it not obvious that God loves you? But the men, they said this, they said, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they spied out saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours the inhabitants. All the people whom we saw are men of great stature. Now they see other people as men or or men and women of great stature, uh, but they see themselves as little to nothing. That's a problem. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. How we see ourselves projects ourselves. You wonder why they handle you a particular way It's because how you handle yourself. They're just cooperating with you. They're just cooperating with me. My uncle told me this a long time ago, believe it or not, I know I'm pretty handsome, but at one point I thought I was ugly. And some of you might think I still am. Doesn't matter, remember your opinion is none of my business. (laughs) But he told me this, he said, son, listen, if you think you're ugly, you're ugly. And it's real simple, but it was profound and it changed the course of my life. From that week forward, I never again saw myself as ugly. It don't matter what they said to me. It don't matter what they thought about me. I thought I was the stuff. <laughs> and really all he was doing was telling me the scripture. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. How are you projecting yourself? Stop blaming them for how they treat you and take responsibility for how you treat yourself. Let's wrap this thing up. I know it's been long for a devotional. Let's wrap it up. I wanna say this as we close. It's time to change our glasses. Your 2021 does not have to end in defeat. My 2021 will not end in defeat. Your 2021 does not have to end in defeat. We go from glory to glory to glory, from victory to victory, to victory, from overcoming, to overcoming, to overcoming. God did not create you and did not create me and did not redeem us with the precious blood of his son for us to live lives of defeat. And so I'm going to ask you to do two things. I don't have six or seven points. This is just a devotional. So I hope that, you know, something said you can kind of grab hold to and meditate on and think about. But I am going to ask you to do two things. Number one, I'm going to ask you to pray. And as you're praying, just just ask God to search you, show you areas in your life where your glasses are scratching, you need to change your lens. And then I'm going to ask you to do this here. Once you have your perception fixed, and it has to be fixed, I'm going to ask you to do this thing for me. Look again. Look again. Look at that opportunity again. Look at yourself again. Look at your future again. I guarantee you it's brighter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hey, give us some feedback. At Gabriel H. McKnight on Instagram. At Gabriel H. McKnight on Facebook. I would love to hear how these podcasts, these devotionals are impacting your life. Until we meet again, this is Gabriel McKnight with Rise and Shine. Have a great one.